to like, <laughs> there you are. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. You know what was cool last night? What? Him, we was having a party in my bedroom, and every time when he tried to me, I came, I ducked two times. <laughs> <when he laughs> <tried him. laughs> did, he, did he get his bicycle yet? He did get his bicycle. So, amen. Praise God. Remember that? Your, your back has a red spot. Well, if it needs healed, be healed in Jesus' name. You're hot, brother. You're hot. Your head's not hot. A little bit. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Follow. Who's teaching today? Joyce. Follow Joyce right there. Be blessed. This way, though, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus. And your first name again? Josie, that's right. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Come on, brother. We got a tribe here today. I asked Josie because I remembered her sister's name, Kendall, but I, I didn't remember her name. There goes half the church right there. My, we were full for a minute. Don't, yeah, it is good. Wow. We'll have two one week and 20 the next. We really are praying about starting a youth group, and we're just praying. About, we, we, we started it back up. We've had one. So, um, you know, if you have a calling to work in youth groups, come see me or Pam, because we really like to get one going and uh, get it back going. Amen. Also, um, I don't know how to share this need. I'm just going to do it generically, but... Um, there's a gentleman in our congregation that probably needs uh, visitation, like someone to sit with him during the week, uh, be a man. And if you are uh, uh, able to do that during the week, what, once a week, uh, come see me after church. If you're able to go sit, just sit with someone four or five hours, just sit with them. We, I got, I got okay, just talk to me after the service, okay? And if there's anybody else, because we could do a rotation in that, but just come see me. It's a need we have in the body. And thank you. Who has? If you haven't, it's okay. But who's made a meal for Kelsey? I think you guys have, and Mrs. Kittle, you guys have. I know you're signed up. We have, you have, you're signed up. We have a sign up. Kelsey had knee surgery. She prayed so long uh, for healing, but God's healing her just a different way. Say amen. And uh, there is a sign up. How do you access that sign up? It's on Facebook under Grace Point, under Kelsey's name. Kelsey or Grace Point Facebook, and um, if you have any questions, see Dina then, since she knows she knows about it. So, <laughs> and then Pam, do you want to say anything about the women's meeting yesterday? They had a women's meeting yesterday, and I think it went really well. They had a good time, so they do that once a month, as the men do once a month. Next month, Linton is uh, going to be our speaker. Amen. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter six. Now, ladies and gentlemen, everything we did, the Lord's presence being here and setting you free and different things, um, we need that. Amen? Amen? We need the presence of God. We, we need that. But when we're delivered by the Lord or the Lord answers our prayers and does these things, He has given us something. Doesn't it say He's magnified the word above His name? Doesn't it say that? His, his presence is in His name. It says He's exalted His word above His name. God cannot lie. It's impossible. That's in Numbers 23. God cannot lie. So I know when someone comes and says, well, I asked for this and this didn't happen and whatever. Well, I know God can't lie. Right? 
I was, for me, I know God can't lie. Okay, he's been good to me. I know he can't lie. So if I got something going on in my life, I'm always like, well, Lord, where am I missing it? Come on now. God don't miss it. Someone say amen. It's impossible that God would miss it. You think anything ever fools God or tricks God? He knows right where you're at. He knows what you're doing. He loves you. Ultimately, we're all going to win. If you belong to Jesus, we're going to heaven. But in life, there's a path that the Lord is leading us on and he's teaching us. And uh, we need to follow the path that the Lord's putting, on, putting us on. Amen? And I talked about last week being born to fight. There's a misnomer or a misunderstanding about being a Christian. When we first come into the Lord, a lot of times we need a lot of healing, don't we? And even as you go in life, there's different times in your life. There's a time where we just need healing. Amen? We're just brokenhearted. We need a shoulder to cry on. We need someone to pray and be gentle with us and to help us. That is absolutely, I may need that next week. I may come in here and need someone to give me a good word. And there's a time for that in our lives. There's a time for that compassion. But the Lord is raising up sons and daughters that can stand in his name and look the devil and the armies of the Antichrist in the eyeball like David, and said, you're coming at me with a sword, you're coming at me with fleshly weapons, but I am standing in the name of the Lord, I have a covenant with God, I know I have a covenant with God, and I'm not moving. If anybody's moving, it's going to be the devil, or it's going to be the world, or my flesh may have to move, but I'm not moving, I know who I believe. I know where I put my trust, and I'm standing. I am a, not the, I am a son of God. And not only that, I've been given the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes I'll get attacked by the enemy, and I was, telling, I was asking Mike this week to pray for me. I said, really, I should pray for myself. I know these things. But have you ever been attacked and you just feel so bad either physically or mentally or, and you don't even, you just feel like you don't even have the strength to stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, stop. I've had times come home on Sunday, I felt like I didn't even have the strength to stand up for myself and say, stop it. I just sprawl out on the floor and let, let the devil punch me for six hours, feeling so bad. Amen? Well, that's not, not good. That's why sometimes we do need each other often to pray for each other. And that's why we pray for one another. But in reality, God wants to get you up off that floor. He wants you to look the enemy in the eye and say, no. You're not taking my kids. You're not taking my money. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my life. I will live. This is a scripture. I will live and declare the works of the Lord. Say it. I will live. And I will declare the word. Who, who made the decision? Did the devil make the decision? Did God make the Who made that decision? I will live and declare the works of the Lord. That person, I did. You do. We're going to talk about that. You do. God's raising up sons and daughters to stand in their authority. He put a ring on your finger. Authority. He put a robe on your back, righteousness. He gave you a new outfit to wear. He's given you righteousness. You are righteous before God because of Jesus. You can stand boldly before the throne of God like you're going to court and say, Lord, 
Your word, I'm putting you in remembrance. This is what your word says. I am putting you in remembrance. You know the word says, put me in remembrance. Did you know that? The Bible says, put me in remembrance. Lord, I'm putting you, this is what you told me, Lord. Anybody pray boldly like that? You can. God likes it. The word said, come boldly to the throne of grace. That means with confidence. Now, I understand if you went up there in your own, what you've done and your own righteousness, it'd be kind of flimsy, wouldn't it? We're not going in our own name. We're going what the word says. And we do need to live right before the Lord so we have a pure conscience and get that dealt with. We're going to talk about that. But God wants you to go up and say, Lord, this is what you, he wants you to stand because you're sons and daughters. Otherwise, you get saved and God would just usher you out of here as quick as he could before you made another mistake. Oh, he got saved. Get him out of here. We harvested another. But folks, we're in a battle. We are in a battle. I'm going to jump ahead here in my message. I'm sorry, Jeff. I got to jump ahead. There are three wills in this universe. God has a will. Who wants God's will for their life? Go to India. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. <laughs> That's what everybody's always afraid of. God's going to send me to China. Or God's going to tell me I can't marry that girl. I really want to marry her. And God's going to tell me no. Like, I don't know if I want God's will or not. You're better off with God's will. How many have ever been out of God's will? And you got back in God's will. Which is better? Who's ever been with the wrong person? Right? And oh, I, oop, I wish I wouldn't have done that. God's will is better. I'm telling you, it's better. There are three wills. There's God's will. That's the best one. You have a will. God is not going to make you get saved. He can put it right there. He can dump it on you. I think, he, I think he knocked Saul off his horse and he said, you're getting saved whether you want to or not. But God is not going to make you get saved. He's not going to make you walk holy. He's not going to get up in the morning. How many people this morning, God knocked you out of bed and said, read your Bible? Just one, two. Okay, sometimes that happens. I, it really does. You, so drug you in here this morning too, didn't he? Whoop, you're coming. Amen. It, it, that does happen. How many it didn't happen to you this morning? Me neither. Amen. I'm glad he did, though. I'm glad he did. How many God's ever done that, got you up, woke, and you didn't get up and read your Bible when he, when he kind of woke you up to do it? I, that's me. You have a will. God's not going to pray for you. He's not going to believe for you, and he's not going to read the Bible for you. He's not going to be holy for you, right? You are the one that's going to decide what you're going to do with God. And I'm not even talking about going to heaven or hell. How many of you are going to heaven when you die and you know it? Jesus is your Lord, you're going to heaven. Amen? Amen. You decide, you, that's a good choice. That's, I, I applaud you on your choice. Amen? But God, you're not going to grow. I heard a man of God say, I think it was Rick Joyner. He said, you have all of God that you want. I said, really? This is all I want? I want more. How about you? I want more. He said, you have all of God, because doesn't the word say, draw unto me and I will draw unto you. It says he will. Don't tell me. You're not hearing God clear. I got the answer. Draw unto me. Maybe you need to fast a day or two. Maybe you need to pray more. Maybe you need, whatever you need to do, the Holy Spirit's telling you what to do. Draw unto me and I'll draw unto you. Amen. So God has a will, you absolutely, if I don't get anything else across to you, you have a will. You decide, the word says, choose you this day 
who you are going to serve. Amen. But the devil has a will. Did you know that? And his will is not good. How many's ever been in that will? I've been over there. I'm lucky I'm not dead. I'm, lucky is a bad word. I am blessed that I am not dead. But the way that the, the devil had me swinging around in sin, I thank God for the mercy of God so much in my life. Paul said, I think it's in Thessalonians, he said, I was going to come see you, but the devil thwarted me. You ever read that scripture? I read scriptures all the time in the Word, and I'm like, whoa, no one's ever talked about that one, Lord. I read some this week. I'm like, whoa, look at that one. What is that, Lord? He said, I was thwarted. Now, ultimately, he got there, didn't he? He did. If you read that, he ultimately got there. But he said, I was thwarted. The devil hindered. King James says, he hindered me. Three wills. God's will, your will, and the devil's will. Now, the good news about the devil is the word of God says, if you resist him, what's going to happen? You have authority over him. If you don't resist him, what's going to happen? If you do not resist him, what's going to happen? Nothing. He's going to, you're going to be in trouble. So many times you're getting attacked by the enemy. And, and I know lots, baby Christians or newborns or people that are growing, I understand it. They'll say, like, I don't understand. Why is God doing this to me? If they're a newborn or a baby Christian, we'll be very gentle and talk to them and pray for them because I do care. I care a lot. But if you've been around this thing for a while, you should know God's not doing it to you. He don't need to make you sick or get you fired or have someone be mean to you to make you holy. All those things can be a springboard for you if you have faith and follow the Lord through it. He'll grow your faith through it. Someone say amen. It's true. God is a good God. He's not your problem. I say it all the time. A lot of times, it's just the enemy attacking you, and we misidentify, and we say it's God doing it, and it's not him. It's the enemy attacking you, and I got more. I'll, I'll go more in that. There are three wills. When you know God's will, as a, a mature believer in the Lord, we want to line up with what God's will is, amen? And when you understand that God is good, and, and it's impossible that he would want something ultimately bad for you, then you're going to follow him. It doesn't mean you're not going to walk through temptations. It doesn't mean you're not going to walk through trials. Uh, Paul was beaten. Paul was stoned. Paul, all these things happened to Paul. He went through a lot, but he's the same guy that said, I know who I believed and I have committed my life to him. Who's that one that said, I believe, Paul did, it'll be just like the Lord told me. But that's going from point A to point B. Sometimes getting from point A to point B, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And if you don't give up, and if you don't quit, you're going to get where God says go. Jonah decided to take a detour, didn't he? He said, I don't want to go preach to those people. I'm going to, I'm going to Tarsus. I'm not going. Well, he, he got there, but he went the long way. Amen? What am I saying? Folks, I want to get us geared for the battle. Who has a handout? Who does not have a handout? Can you give him one there real quick? I'll keep, I'll keep preaching as he's given. I had a few more scriptures to it. I'm going to read while he's handing out, and, and I want to anchor this in the Word of God. Lois, God thinks you're going to win. God thinks you're going to win. He believes that you're going to win. He does. He believes you're going to win. 
I mean, God doesn't bet, but if he's putting money down, he's saying Lois is going to win. He believes in the work that he's done in Christ in you. God sees you as complete right now, without wrinkle, without spot. The Word of God says in Colossians 2.10 about you, that you are complete in Him. You've reached fullness in Him. You have everything you need for life and godliness in Him right now. 2 Peter 1.3, everything you need for life, you've already got it. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're already complete in Him. Come on, sister. He's saying, get up, let's fight. Let's do this. Let's get up and fight. Come on. Oh, I could just go. I could just go, but I'm not going to. I'm not going. I got I to gotta teach. My people that need teaching need teaching. In the congregation, you have guys that like preaching and ones that like teaching. You got you to hit everybody. All right, listen to this. Uh, Ephesians 6.10. Finally, God be strong in the Lord. What does it say? Yeah, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of your power. Be strong in the Lord. You, Paul's saying, you be strong where? In the Lord. That's faith, guys. And in the strength of his mighty power. And then he gives you something to do. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of God. God's scheming against you. Come on now. That's what we think half the time. God's scheming. That you may be strong against the schemes of the devil. He's got a scheme. The, the King James says he's got wiles. He knows what to do to pull you in. He knows what to do to pull you back. Whatever your weakness is. what He knows what to do. But good news, God knows what to do too. We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We've got to put on some armor. He says, put on the armor of God, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against God. Larry, who's, who are we wrestling against, Larry? Yeah, we're wrestling against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers, against this present darkness. We are wrestling against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. You are battling right now against the enemy of your soul in heavenly realms. There are things that are trying to take you out. There are things that are trying to take you out. If they could, they'll take you to hell. If those cosmic forces for evil, if those demonic forces could take you out, they would take you out and they'd send you to hell. But if it's too late, if you decided you're not going to hell for anybody, then they will try to render you ineffective for God through deception, through temptation. They'll say, well, I can't get you, but I'm going to take your kids. I can't get you, but I'm going to take your money. I can't get you, but I'm going to make you miserable your whole life. I'm going to twist you up and turn you up. It's too late for you. You belong to God, but I am, I am going to hinder you in every area of your life. And God says, no, you're not. He said, because I got my eyeball on this one, and I'm watching over this one, and I am instructing this one, and I am teaching this one, and they are going to armor up. Now, that should be the name of my sermon, armor up. God loves you so much, Pam Kittle. He sent Jesus to die for you. He loves you so much. He's made up his mind about you. He loves you with an eternal love. He's never going to change his mind about it. He loves you so much that he has a passion for you. 
You read the book of Solomon, he's trembling. He wants to be alone with you. He wants to talk gently with you. He wants to bless you. He wants to be involved in your life. He loves you so much, he boils in his blood. He loved you all the way to hell and back. Now, how much more could you love somebody to love them to hell and back? Would you die and go to Hades for anybody? He loves you. It's done. It's settled. So God's not your problem, and He wants to equip you, and He wants to armor you up, and He wants to teach you how to fight the fight of faith. Not law, faith. We're going to talk about it. He believes in you. Take on the whole armor of God so you can withstand in the evil day. It's the devil you're standing and his army. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness uh, and shoes for your feet, gospel shoes, and having a readiness to give the gospel of peace in all circumstances. Take the shield of? In some circumstances. In every circumstance, I don't care getting what the devil's doing to you. In every circumstance, take the shield of faith. Extinguish those darts. Put them out. You are called for war. You're born to fight, Mike. How many's been in a battle? How many of you feel like, I've talked about these uh, little uh, Dumbo things. Remember those things you used to punch? They, I had a clown when I was a kid and you punch them. Sock, well, that, that's one, but these are these little, uh, they're about that tall, and you punch them, and they keep coming back. How many ever felt like you were one of those little punching bags, and the devil's having practice on you? The original punching box. The original punch. They have one like a clown. I hit that. They come back right at you, right? <laughs> we're not in the weebles that wobble. We are not called to be the devil's punching bag. Do you know that he knows you have authority over him? Do you know that he knows that in the name of Jesus, you can cast out devils, you have authority? Did you know? He knows it already. He is trying to trick you and deceive you and make you think that you don't. He'll give you a hundred reasons why you shouldn't use the name of Jesus and resist him. You're just not good enough. You're not nice enough. You don't give enough. You, don't, you have the God... John, and I, oh, I wish I could preach it all. John the Apostle said, you got to do two things if you're a believer in Jesus. Get this, two things, Jeff. I'm going to give you an assignment, and you only got to do two things. He said, love your brothers and sisters. Love, love everybody. Love people that don't deserve it, family. Just love them all. And believe in the name of Jesus. Do that, and you do well. Love everybody. And believe in the name of Jesus. You do that. Jeff, report back to, to me next week. That's your two commandments. Tell me in elders meeting how you did doing that this week. Love everybody. <laughs> and believe in the name of Jesus. You got to read John. It's in there. We all got to read it. In all circumstances, so you can extinguish the flaming darts of God. The devil, the devil, the devil. Take the helmet of salvation. Woo, we're saved. And this, that helmet of salvation is mind renewal, by the way. That's how I see it. It's mind renewal. The helmet of salvation is you are putting on a helmet on your head to protect your thinking, the strongholds. It is your salvation that you're renewing your mind to. 
Like, this is what God has done for me. I am putting this helmet on my head, so when the enemy smacks me on my head, I've got something to protect me. I have a few dents there. You could probably see them, but I got a helmet on my head. And you know, the Lord makes a helmet for every person. The helmet you're wearing is going to be a little different shape and size than mine. I got a few dents over here. You got a few over here. The helmet of salvation is the word of God and renewing your mind to it. So when the enemy, where's the number one place the enemy attacks? Your mind. He can't get to your body without getting to your mind. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's a weapon. I don't want to teach it all today. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And for me, that I can have words opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. He was in chains. He had a battle. That I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen? Let me speak boldly as I do. How many think Paul was in a battle? He was in a battle. But, Missy, he called himself an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. Isn't that a different way of looking at yourself? said, I'm not just lowly Brad Kittle. I am an ambassador. Everywhere I go, I represent the kingdom of God. Everywhere I go, I don't want to bring any shame on Jesus because I'm an ambassador. I got one of those ambassador crowns. When I travel, I need to go to the ambassador's room. Anybody ever been to one of those ambassador's rooms? I, I never have. You've been there. You're an I need to walk in. The next time I go to the airport and I see the ambassador's room, I just need to walk right in there. Say, what are you doing? I'm an ambassador. You are? Yeah, I'm an ambassador. Have, what's, Mr. Kittle, we don't see your name on the list. Check again. Because I'm an ambassador. I want to go to the ambassador's room. We're ambassadors. That's your function, folks. That's your purpose I was praying about, talking about this morning. Okay, so I read all those scriptures just to reinforce in the New Testament that you really are in a battle. And God really does want you to stand up and fight. And we'll help you. You stumble. What happens when your brother stumbles? What do we do? We, we all pile on. You just don't have any faith. <laughs> if you had more faith, you wouldn't get sick. We, is that what we do? We just pile on. You don't have any faith. That's why you're in. Is that what we do? We just wound our own. We just get them when they're down. We just take them out, you know. No, no. We pray for one. We help each other. We don't judge each other. We help each other. But the Lord wants us to learn to stand up and fight. When you get strong, what did the Lord tell Peter? When Peter, he sinned, what did the Lord tell Peter? He said, when you repent or when you recover, what did he tell him? Anybody remember that in the Gospels? When you repent, when you're restored, strengthen your brothers. Talked about that last week. The reason God wants you strong, Larry, the reason God wants you strong, Chuck, is because he wants you to strengthen somebody else. In strengthening somebody else, you receive strength. I wrote down here my point here under essentials. Faith is not just for yourself. I wrote Genesis 45, 5 down there. In fact, selfishness leads to emptiness. Philippians 2, 3 Look at other people's needs. God wants you to be strong. God wants you equipped for faith. He has made you to be Moses for somebody else. 
He's made you to be the deliverer. He's made you to be the prayer person. He's made you to be the witness. He's made you to lay hands on the sick. He's asked you to lay hands on the devil or cast the devil out. He wants you to be the giver. He wants you to be the forgiver. He wants you to be the lover. He said, this thing with faith is not just for yourself. Someone say amen. I feel like I'm losing something. I don't want to. Without love, faith is meaningless. Talked about it last week. I'll, I'll probably get to this. This will probably be the last point I can make. This week will be like 1A through my message. Because this is really, really important. Faith requires action of which love is the spring. Turn to James chapter 1. You guys with me still? Is it getting too hot in here? I've read the parable of the sower without any exaggeration, 200 times, 300 times. I've read the parable of the sower. So I just keep going back to it over and over again. <coughs> Jesus explains how the kingdom of God, read Mark chapter 4 when you go home. Jesus explains the kingdom of God right in there. He tells you exactly how it works. How, this is how the kingdom, he said, if you understand this parable, you're going to understand all the parables. This is how the kingdom works. In one of those parables, he says that the seed gets sown and it goes down in the heart and it begins to, to produce, but then it gets choked. It says the cares of the world, the desire for other things, the deceitfulness of riches enters in and the fruit, the seed is choked, deceitfulness. I have read so many times, every person in this room that's born again has even an ounce of the Holy Spirit in their life. You want to do great things from, for God. Michael, I just met you today. I look at you and I know you are a man that would love to do, wants to do great things for God. Especially since he set you free, you're going to want to do even more for the Lord. Is there anybody in here that belongs to God that doesn't want to do great things for God? I doubt it, because that's, that's the DNA as a son of God that you have. But there are so many things that get in our way when we start on our journey, and one of them is being deceived. Listen to this. This, to me, is the number one deceitfulness that the enemy puts out there on me or anybody he tries to attack us with. It's James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving, well, God deceived me. The devil deceived me. Deceive yourself. Deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. The mirror is the word of God, by the way. That mirror is the word of God. He looks in the mirror and he, he sees himself. He looks at himself he looks in the Word and he sees himself in there. He knows who he is. Hey, I'm righteous. I see it right in there. I'm bold as a lion. I see it right in there. God's first in my life. I love others. I'm a forgiver. I see it right in there. And he looks in the Word and then he turns away. He gets his mind and his eyes off the Word and it says he forgets the type of person that he saw in that mirror. Now, if you look in that mirror and you look away and you forget what type of person that you are, what should you do? Take a per, mic. Perfect. Take another look. Take another 
1 Corinthians 13, the word always confirms itself, by the way, two or three times. 1 Corinthians 13 says that we're looking in a mirror darkly. 1 John 3 says that we see Jesus, but we don't see him perfect yet. One day when we see Jesus perfect, perfectly, we are going to be just like him. Amen. Same spirit. Yeah. Right? So we see in that mirror darkly. If you look in that mirror, the word of God, and you see yourself in there, and you forget what manner of person, don't get back in the word and see yourself again. And see yourself again. I don't care how many times you stumble. You can stumble 10 times in a day. Get back up and see yourself forgiven. See yourself for who God says that you are. See yourself as a warrior. See yourself as loved by God. See yourself as chosen. See yourself as accepted. See yourself as predestined before the foundation of the world. See yourself as loved and adopted by God. See yourself as belonging to God. See yourself in union with Jesus. Look again. And keep looking until the image that's in you begins to take place on the outside. You begin to look like Jesus, not just in your spirit, but you start looking like him in how you treat your wife, how you handle your finances, how you care about people, how you walk in this world, your holiness. You start looking. That's, that's the process of transformation. You keep looking. Doesn't the word say in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus? Doesn't it say that? looking unto Jesus, because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. Listen to this. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, and he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he was looking at, what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the law of liberty, and remains, remains, remains. Doesn't say you didn't make a mistake. Jesus said, he that remains in me and my words remain in him, what can happen? We're, talk, we're teaching on prayer. What happens? Ask what you will and it will be done for you. If you remain in me and my word, how could you pray out of the will of God if you're remaining in him? How could you pray out of the will of God if his word is abiding in you? It's impossible. It's only when you jump outside of him that you're going to ask for things you shouldn't because you're not remaining in him. He who remains in me and my word remains in him or abides, ask what you will and I'll do it. It's powerful. I want you to get excited. Don't be condemned. Don't you dare. I'll run out there and shake the condemnation right out of you. You should be excited. You're a son of God. You're forgiven. The Lord loves you. He can't wait, Jeff, till you go pray. He's looking for you. He's tapping his foot, waiting for you to come in and start talking to him. He loves you. Doesn't God love us? Okay, amen. Being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, and he or she is blessed in what they do. Number one thing, any revelation for God. I told you guys about the word of knowledge. I used to think, Charlie, my pastor in Virginia Beach had a word of knowledge. It was amazing. He could hear things from God. He'd walk up and say, what's wrong with your foot? You know, boom. Ah. How'd he do that? I used to think it was for Todd White or Smith Wigglesworth. Or I couldn't believe. And you know, 
when the word of knowledge started working in my life was when I started believing God for it. I just said, I want to do this, Lord. I witness all the time. I want to hear things about people so I can share them with them. And when I share them, they'll go, how'd you know that? I go, the Lord told me. You've been with me. The Lord told me. Remember that girl with her mom? I said, you got something going on with your mom, don't you? Yeah, I hate my mom. <laughs> okay, <laughs> amen. <clears throat> I just started believing. I prayed, started believing. And I'm saying, God, I want to remove stuff out of my life that hinders me to hear your voice. How many of you right now, if you could just hear God crystal clear, I mean, just you go home and you could pray and the Lord, just like a perfect crystal voice come right into your ears and just tell you what you needed to know. How many, what would you pay for that? What would you do for that? He'll do it. He'll do it. It's a journey. It's a journey, but he'll do it. I got the word on it. Ask, seek, knock. Everyone who asks, everyone who seeks, everyone who knocks, that's God's Word. So I just started believing it, and I, I, I'm not perfect. If you got stoned for every time you missed it, I'd been dead ten times over. But I just said, Lord, I believe you're speaking, and I found out He was. Do you know, uh, you guys don't get mad at me. I don't want, I'm not, you guys know about Bitcoin? Back in 2012, when Bit, Bitcoin first came out, if I'd have been listening to the Lord, I was watching Max Kaiser every day. He was on RT, and he was talking about Bitcoin. I kept saying, what's Bitcoin? It was about a quarter for one Bitcoin back then. Then it was a dollar. Had I put $200 in Bitcoin back then, I'd be a multimillionaire right now. True story. And I'd watch it all the time and listen to this guy talking about. And I said, Lord, were you trying to talk to me about that? I, watched, I don't know why I watched. I watched it all the time. But I never believed that God would want me to invest. I was, you know, I was a giver. I was a tither. But I didn't really believe that God would bless me like that. So I heard about it. That dude became a multi, he's probably a billionaire, to be honest. I didn't hear God. I wasn't listening. I don't know what he would have said to me. I wish he would have said, Brad. Spend $200 and buy some Bitcoin. Would have a new church building here if he did. I don't know what he would have said, but I wasn't even listening. I didn't believe he'd do that. I do now. The only reason I even brought up the tennis shoes last week, guys, is I'm trying to let you know God hears our prayer. I got more this week. I'm not going to talk about me all. I got more prayers answered this week, didn't I, babe? I got such... When we're walking in the Lord and He's walking in us, the greatest joy of my life is not when God answers my prayers for me. My joy is when He answers it for you. When I'm praying for you and God gives you a miracle, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm praying for somebody and God moves in their life. That gives me so much hope that I can really make a difference. My life can count. I, I posted on Facebook, I said, Prayer, praying for somebody else is love. It's easy to always pray for ourselves. Praying for somebody else is love. That, I, that God would hear me and I could come into your life and I could pray for you and God would change your life. Are you kidding me? That I could have power with God. That lady that I told you about got two months rent. I saw her this week. Our church gave her two gas cards. Thank you guys for 
given to the Benevolence Fund. We gave that lady two gas cards this week. She had a check for $100 for her new apartment, and someone gave her $50 to pay her late fine in between last week's testimony and this. Isn't that good stuff? Yeah. Made me happy. Well, here it is, guys. We're going to get there. God is going to answer your prayers. We are going to learn how to pray in Jesus' name and get our prayers answered. Well, will He answer all, all our prayers? All I can tell you is if you abide in Him and His Word abides in you, Mike, there were two Mikes for prayer, Mike and Mike, right? That should be a good radio show, Mike and Mike. And Mike. And Mike. You got another Mike. Four Mikes. Mike and Mike and Mike. And Mike. We need more Mikes in this church. Mike and Mike. Mikey. Okay, that's Mike. Are you Mike or Mikey or Michael? Mike and Mikey. Okay, we got it. Good. We'll call you Michael. I don't know. Don't cheat too far ahead. We're going to come back to this topic, if the Lord will, next week. The Bible says, and God cannot lie, if you abide in me, if you remain in me, and my word remains in you, you can ask what you will, and I will do it. You got a baby out of it. You did. You got a baby out of it. So did Charlie Rowley and Emily Rowley. They got a baby out of it. Jace gave her a word and said, you're having a baby. She couldn't have one. She had one. It wasn't by happenstance. We prayed for it. So that's where we're going to go next week. We've already had our altar call. Can I dismiss you guys so you can go home watch football or whatever you're going to do? <laughs> Jeff, you're supposed to go pray. Check right in. Is that good? Yeah. You can cheat ahead, but if you cheat ahead... I forbid you just to read through it. I want you to study it. I don't want anybody believing something because I'm saying it or preaching it. I want you to get in the Bible and read it for yourself. Read John 15. Read Mark chapter 4. I just want to say what the Lord's saying. Amen? And I want testimonies next week for everything God did this week. All right, amen. Father, I thank you that your word is the truth. Woo, it is the truth, Lord. Your word is the truth. And you love us, and we're on a journey. You're not condemning us for where we're at. You're not. You're not. We're on a journey. We're all at different places in our journey. But we want to get there, Lord. We want to make progress. And that's my prayer for this church, Grace Point, that we are making progress. We're not a psychologist. I can't solve everybody's problems with counseling and mentally. I can try to. Lord, I'm not a psychologist. I can't solve, I don't have, I'm not a billionaire. I should have bought that Bitcoin, Jesus, but I didn't. And I can't solve everybody's financial problems, Lord. I'm not a doctor, so I can't sit down with everybody and give them medicine and heal them. But Lord, we have access to you. And the, the Bible says, if we ask you for wisdom, you'll give it to us. The Bible says, I won't allow any of these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. I won't allow it. I don't have all the money, Lord, but the Bible says you own the cattle on a thousand hills. So, Lord, we need to learn to walk in your word and remain in you. And that is my prayer for this congregation. Lord, as we're preaching through this, the things that are hindering us and holding us back, would you show it to us so we can remove them from our life and pursue you with our whole hearts as we should. Lord, those that came up for assignments, and I just pray, Lord, just like that 
crystal clear waterfall that you just show them this is exactly what you were born and made to do. Give them wisdom in it, Lord. Thank you for healing bodies today and souls and hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.